Hey everybody, it's Ben Reiser, Director of Operations for this year's Wisconsin Film Festival. I'm also head of the Wisconsin Zone Programming Committee, and it is my pleasure to be able to talk to Julian Castronovo of the amazing Castronovo family, who are basically taking over the festival. <laughs> um, uh, hey, Julian, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I uh, woke up early this morning and looked at my list of interviews and looked at the list of films that I needed to rewatch so that I was prepared for these interviews. And I was like, okay, I'm starting off my morning with Hannah's video, uh, which is your film. Uh, and hopefully if you're listening to this interview, you've, you've recently watched Hannah's video. Um, there will be spoilers in this interview. So if you don't want the twists and turns of Hannah's video revealed to you, don't listen to this until after you've watched the film. Um, Julian, how did you come to uh, make this film? What was the inspiration? Um, I This film kind of was has been the film that I wanted to make for like over over five, five or six years. The first person that I talked to when I went to college um, when I was 18, like was this girl from New Jersey who I've, I don't think I've ever seen and talked to her again besides this one interaction, but she just told me this story about, um, and this was even before I became interested in filmmaking at all or anything like that. Um, but she basically told me this story about her orchestra teacher passing away and being having to record a, a video like about it and then that video like being played in front of her school and I just thought it was kind of a just a strange um, activity to do and then as I became more interested in filmmaking and what that means and what that means maybe in relation to mourning and 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 violence sometimes like it was just kind of a a little story that always I found myself returning to and yeah so then I ended up making it maybe four or five years after after that very um very casual interaction but it was just something that I don't know I kind of found myself returning to yeah it's interesting that that in the context of this past year in the pandemic there's something I feel like there's like a there's a kind of a new context and a new a new meaning or or you know relevance to to this to this idea of of um of all kinds of rituals and ceremonies and interactions mm-hmm. being um uh across like uh electronic uh devices mm-hmm. instead of uh in person although uh, I, I when when i was rewatching the film today I, I was struck i was i kept remind i kept remembering how how i interpreted the story the first time i watched it versus rewatching it today um and certainly the first time i watched it i got the impression that these two girls were getting ready to actually go to a memorial service. Um, they sort of seem like they're, one of them's wearing like a skirt and, 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 
and uh, I guess pantyhose or whatever they call it. But but I mean, she looks like she's kind of dressed up for an occasion. And and even Hannah, who's wearing pants, also sort of it's it doesn't seem like they're going to go hang out at the pool or something dressed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I realized there isn't. Watching it again today, I realized that they aren't. We don't explicitly hear that they're actually on the way to this thing, and it was all. And and the fact that they're recording a video or videos for this for for what sounds like it's a memorial or or some kind of school project based on the death of of this music teacher. Um, I thought I watching it the second time, I was like, oh, I don't I don't even know if they're actually if this is the day of a memorial service or not. Um, uh, I guess, well, I don't know if there's, a, I guess there's a question in there. In your mind, are they, are they heading out to this thing or, or it's, they're just recording these things to then hand in uh, for some kind of future ceremony? I, I guess in my mind, it was, it was more the latter. Um, but what, I, what I will say like more in relation to what you said uh, before that is that, this film kind of changed or the way it kind of looks and maybe the way it feels is also like a somewhat, somewhat a result of, of like the very beginning of, of um, COVID stuff happening because it was supposed to, it was supposed to look very different. I think just in terms of like uh, production design, like I wanted that um, room to look more different um just it basically has no production design uh what happened was i i had planned to shoot this shoot that film like a couple weeks later than i ended up uh actually shooting it because um i was at school and then covid came into existence and everyone was about to get sent home so i was like all right, we need to like do this right now. We need to shoot it. We're not going to do any like production design. We just like kind of have to do it. So it ended up being this like kind of blank space and, and it's different, but I think it has like kind of an interesting, it, it feels much more like austere in a way and, and somewhat somber. Um, but I think it, I think it works. And yeah, it, in a way, like remind, it kind of had, had to like take on this new character just based on the, based on the circumstances of, of the world. Well, that's really surprising to hear because to me, because I, the film looks like it was designed down to, to every detail, uh, the the single shot the framing the 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 way that that room is completely white um and then their outfits seem like you know were are very specifically designed mm-hmm. that little splash of red that's on the bed um it really feels like a frame that you've considered every inch of uh before hitting uh the record button or whatever you do with an actual movie camera. What do you do? You hit the trigger? Uh, this was shot on 16 millimeter, which is something I want to talk about. And it's got this four by three aspect ratio, which I would love to talk about. Um, so are you saying that um, that the, that the, the look of the film is, is, is kind of like a happy accident? Uh, I mean, certainly once you got into this space, you must have considered what am I, how am I, how am I setting this shot up? I mean, there's so much symmetry 
in the shot mm-hmm. with the two, I guess, closet doors mm-hmm. um, and the doorknobs. They're you know you 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 you've set the camera in exactly the right position to sort of like make this thing feel like it's almost like a Wes Anderson film and how you know how symmetrical it is and how straight on it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was going to use that room, and it was very hard for me to find a room where there could be a bed and a window directly behind the bed. And then, like you said, like some type of symmetry on either, on either side of the left and right. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it was somewhat, I originally had wanted it to be more coded as a, as like more of a feminine space. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it now the way, the way it looks is like the way I prefer, prefer how it ended up. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the way I approach filmmaking, I guess, especially short filmmaking like this is, is to be, is to be pretty exact with it in terms of framing and, uh, blocking, like blocking and pacing was, were really important to me um, because, because of the form, the form of it being in one take, I felt like I needed to create kind of different, different shapes, I guess, different shots within the shots just by moving um, the actors around. So different, like through different geometries. Um, Yeah. And, and would you want me to talk about shooting it on the, on the 16 millimeter a little yeah, bit? Sure. Um, yeah. So that was kind of, I felt like, I felt like there needed to be a formal difference between the, the film that the girls are making filming themselves and what we are watching. And I felt like because the film is somewhat about uh, the process of filmmaking. I needed it to be as like to hone in on the fundamental process of filmmaking in, in like the most exact way that I could. And I felt like the most um, pointed way of doing that was like to think about, you know, what's, what's the fundamental process of filmmaking, which to me is like exposing silver halide crystals to light and then having an image. So that I wanted like, so I had my idea and like, that's what the film is going to be just light hitting the film. And that's the film, you know, I'm not going to move the camera and the film starts when the camera starts and it ends when the camera ends or when the, when the roll of film ends, um, it's slightly shorter than that the original like i wanted it to be roughly the the length of one um 400 foot roll of film mm-hmm. so i think it comes in at like nine nine or ten minutes and usually a 400 foot roll is like 11 ish minutes of footage um so yeah and and that's yeah so i wanted the the form to be predetermined by the by the medium i guess there's a uh... There's a very funny moment to me, this kind of reveal, maybe two thirds of the way through, where um, Hannah uh, goes and gets the video camera to watch what they've just recorded. 
And I find that the majority of people that I watch films with or DCPs of films uh, with uh, in theaters have no idea what they're looking at format wise and couldn't tell me whether what we're watching has been shot on film or high definition video or super eight or eight or 16 or 35 or 70. There's really no sense of like the differences in those uh, formats. But um, even though with my eye, you know, professional <laughs> i was like oh this this is film this is a 16 somebody's shooting this on actual film it still seems to me that it's a funny that it's a reveal um that we suddenly discover two-thirds of the way through the film that the image that we're seeing is not actually the image that they're recording with that camera although your positioning for all intents and purposes you're positioning your 16 millimeter camera capturing this mm-hmm. film in exactly the same spot that they've positioned their camcorder to record Hannah's video. Um, did you mean that to be this kind of um, funny reveal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was very important to me that the view is almost coinciding with the um, with the view of of the camera that's in their space, and until it's not, of course. Um, but yeah, that would, that's something I, I did very deliberately, I, I feel. The way my mind works, I think, it's probably um, somewhat a part of this uh, in, in, in how I interpret the film um, or how, what my expectations are as the film progresses. And I also think it's the cultural moment that we're in and have been in for a little while. Uh, where I keep expecting sort of another shoe to drop. And there's something about the way that the girls are talking to each other about this teacher who's died and their sort of reluctance to, uh, or sort of hesitation about recording these tributes to him um, that makes me feel like we're going to find out that this, this, uh, dead teacher had a dark side there was some kind of abuse or something like that I keep waiting for like there to be this um, uh, this reveal in that way sort of a, as a story point and um, the fact that there isn't um, doesn't change the, the kind of sort of little bit of unease that as I as a viewer sort of feel throughout the whole piece and of course the birds crashing into the windows doesn't help things either <laughs> it's, it's almost like that scene in um Boogie Nights, where they're uh, the guy's shooting a, uh, uh, or lighting firecrackers or whatever he's doing uh, uh, while they're about to try to steal some some money and, and get oh, some yeah. drugs or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so how intentional or how you know how much of that is in your head as a filmmaker and how much of that is just me bringing my lens to the proceedings. I think that I mean I think that's the the quality I was I was going for um is like a somewhat like I wanted it to be more I like I just wanted them to be reluctant to be vulnerable in this somewhat like uneasy way without without as you said like having having to like address some some greater plot point i guess um because i feel that it's just truer to life maybe and also just like um 
I think it would have felt um, short form filmmaking would not have been able to like maybe elaborate on that enough that in a way that would have felt um, felt complete, I guess. Like I felt like a nine minute film, I needed to find something that could be complete, but like sort of have a lingering presence maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think, and I think that the ambiguity and just the, just the the mood is is fantastic. I mean, and and it does cause the film to sort of linger in your memory after you see it, and it kind of sticks with you because it's not really um, answering any number of questions that you might have while you're watching it. Um, and um, it it simultaneously feels like you're getting a real glimpse inside these two characters. Uh, lives and, and, and relationship with each other and with the outside world. Uh, but also it's not, it's not really feeding you any exposition and, um, and, and it's, it's leaving you to your own thoughts about, <laughs> about everything that you've seen and about these two mm-hmm. people. Um, I also, it also feels like it could be, you know, a setup for a horror movie. And, um, but I want to ask about the birds and the symbolism of birds hitting windows or, or appearing around the specter of death, which I feel is like a, a thing. Um, I didn't buy, I didn't like jump in and look it up, but, but I feel like there's, uh, you know, in, in other songs and literature and things like that, I feel like this, this, this image of the bird, of a bird appearing on a windowsill or, or actually hitting a window has been associated um, with with death in some way, and is that what you were thinking about? And was that part think, of the story that this that wasn't part of the story that you were told by this woman? Was it? It was not. I, what I think I'm not totally sure where it came from. I think for me, maybe in retrospect, um, like the kind of maybe maybe approaching meaning, but not symbolic meaning of like those birds has to do with the fact that um, they, they fly into windows like that because of like uh, reflections kind of like trees being reflected in the, I, I think this is why, because the background is reflected. So it looks like they can fly forward. Mm-hmm. And I thought like that it was a somewhat interesting semi-parallel to the girls filming themselves and looking at themselves. Huh. That's great. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. So I want to ask you about the actual uh, filmmaking, which you've talked about a little, but I'm fascinated uh, and and have these questions. How, how much rehearsal was there for this? And how precise was the blocking, which seems like, at, you know, the whole thing feels very, at one point, naturalistic, but also feels like, well, I, I think this could have been, I think this could have been very, very heavily choreographed. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it was, I really struggled with it. And like, there was a lot of rehearsal also because it was, I wanted to shoot it on film. So I only had, I basically only had two tries um, because that's how much money I had for, to purchase film. Um but 
it was trying for me, it was about trying to find the balance between not having it seem too rehearsed and like, because I feel like I wanted them to really pause between, I wanted to deliver their lines very slowly kind of, and to like wait in these kind of uncomfortable silences, um, which I think uh, takes a lot of rehearsal because um, in my experience, like people are, are taught and trained to deliver their lines with a much faster pace. Um, so I needed it to be very precise that way. And I needed it to be very precise in terms of the timing because I, I needed it to, to span a certain time and just in terms of like minutes, um, because I wanted it to roughly align with the, with the, uh, length of a roll of film. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, everything is pretty, uh, rehearsed just in terms of every, every movement and every kind of pause. But I also was kind of rehearsing it for a long time without the script. Like I would kind of give them the script to read through, but I didn't necessarily want them to, want my actors to, um, recite lines, uh, word for word. I kind of wanted them to find their own their own language and their own way of saying things. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I wanted it to be a semi, I, I'm not sure if I completely succeeded, but I wanted like this semi unnatural kind of stilted quality in terms of delivery, like almost like, oh, I guess like almost like Yorgos Lanthimos, like minus like 50% of strangeness. Um, Ah, that makes sense that, you know, I was going to ask you like, who are, you know, what are your influences? Who are you looking at when you're thinking about this thing? And I, and that, that makes perfect sense. Sure. Um, so yeah, it, it involved a lot of, mostly it was anxiety on, on my part of like, I know I only have a couple tries to, to get it right. Um, so we got to get everything down. And also it involved me um sprinting down the stairs and then i had this little fake bird that i had to throw up and hit a third story window with um and i only had one try to do that so i'm glad that my aim was was good to that day yeah well that was that was my next question about the bird and about um i i think it's this really fun game that you're playing where you're giving the audience this completely minimalist setup. The camera doesn't move. It's just these two girls in a room. They're having a conversation, which you're right. It, 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 it feels stilted in a way, but it still feels like, okay, we're approximating real life here. And this is a film. It, it's almost like every step of the way you're telling the audience, I hit, the, I hit go on the camera and this is what you're seeing for the next nine plus minutes mm -hmm. and and it is what it is but um you have in addition to the sort of precise blocking that the that the that the girls themselves are doing you've also got this kind of stunt uh you know a single take stunt at the end of the film where you need to have a bird uh appear uh in, in either hitting the window or at least uh you know flying past the window and 
I I'm glad you just explained how it happened because that was, I was like how did it, how did you do that and and how much how much of the fun or the thinking about this film was based around that like how can I go for it, it almost feels like it was a challenge for you like I'm going to do a single take I'm going to do eight minutes and the audience isn't going to be aware that there's anything really that I've that I'm doing that there's any sort of trickery or behind the scenes anything happening and uh, magically this this sort of they're going to leave the frame and then this bird's going to arrive and um if people think about it they're going to be like wait how how did how did he work that out because it seems like it's clearly part of the script um Mm -hmm. you know there's this first bird that hits and so it's like not uh, you know, it's not what it can't have been a happy accident that this bird flows <laughs> fast. But mm-hmm. uh, I think by that point in the film, nobody is thinking that there's somebody down on the ground who's been told, OK, you know, and and it doesn't look like a fake bird at all, which I'm sure you're happy to hear. Like, I, I had no mm-hmm. idea that it was anything but an actual bird. I'm like, what do they have? A, how do they get this bird? And how did they get it to how did they figure out how to get it to sort of fly <laughs> into frame yeah. the way it does? Yeah. So, so how um, much of that was your how how big a part of your like thought process about this film was that moment? I think it's almost like kind of a. It's almost it has like the quality of a joke to me, kind mm-hmm. of like that's the punchline, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it's also like my way of thinking about the work that like unbroken takes and like long long shots do in in cinema i guess and like i feel like i kind of have this understanding of these long long takes um being used kind of for like violent means like i feel like that's like a way like a kind of war war film thing of like trying to immerse people in like this really violent um thing like children of men and stuff has all this like digital stitching yeah. for like all these uh 20 minute long things of like bombs going off and stuff like that so i kind of wanted it to like be like this is my version of of doing violence on screen it's like there, it's going to be a very blank room that you have to sit and watch for like a minute and then <laughs> this bird will fly into the window and then it will end. Um, So it was kind of like thinking about approaching death, like in a very still and slow way rather than, and like still and slow and a long take and kind of reusing that as a different way of thinking about mourning, I guess. You said you had enough film to do this twice. Which take are we seeing? We are seeing the first take. And I, I have not ever seen the second take. I watched the first take and I just <laughs> and I, I just knew that it was going to be that one also. So I just didn't even watch the other one. But Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's um that's discipline, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe like maybe you maybe at some point you wanna watch this and maybe you want to release the second take as it's as it's as its own thing yeah it will it would be like a sequel (laughs) or remake a remake (laughs) one of the main considerations was i knew in that second take my bird throwing placement was not quite as good 
on the window. It wasn't, the bird didn't look quite as realistic in that one. Mm -hmm. Are the bird thumps something you did in post-production or was that also something you did on the day? Yeah, I added the, I kind of beefed up the thump in in post-production. Yeah, so you didn't, so it's not like you had these hard and fast rules that you set out for yourself as far as like, you know, you weren't, it wasn't like dogma or anything like that. You were just Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, you did what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, about the the filmmaking that goes on in your family. So this isn't your first film with a, uh, that we're showing at the festival, but also for the last, I guess, three years, we've been showing films um, by your sister, Maya, who I talked to last week about the film she has in this year's festival, uh, Ra Ra Riley. Although I guess not a film, it's probably it's we should, we should really call it a video. Um, uh, what do you think about the fact that she's kind of following in your footsteps? Um, yeah, I think it's really exciting. I haven't actually seen her film yet, just because we've kind of been living in different places and stuff. Um, but have yeah, you I seen think- the other two that we've? Sh- have you seen Laura and um, Mother's yes. Love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. Th- I I'm really excited for her and I like I like seeing like films that I kind of uh suggest to her and stuff as a as an older brother seeing like influences from from those like show up in her work sometimes um yeah so it's a fun thing I like I would be excited to like uh work with her one day Right, you could be like the the Cohen brothers. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, let me ask you. Um, I mean, that first film that she gave to us, Laura, is um, in a lot of ways maybe the most interesting thing that I've seen from her so far. In that it's a it's a pretty out there concept um, to sort of tell this uh, personal and and sort of moving anecdote, but through the uh, through the mise en scene of 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 these inanimate objects in a medicine cabinet, um, uh, is that something? Is that is that something you feel like uh, uh, came out of some things that you showed her or talked to her about? Because it seems like as a high school student, like wow, that's a that's a really interesting stylistic <laughs> um, choice to make in your first film. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a there's like an Israeli short film from I don't know, maybe like 15 20 years ago that I don't I don't know how I saw it I don't know if it played anywhere or anything I think I maybe just came across it on like Vimeo um and then yeah I think it kind of had a similar uh mode of doing kind of like that object oriented stuff um but yeah i think she does she definitely made it her own um and is is doing cool stuff well congratulations on hannah's video which i certainly one of my favorite shorts that we're showing in this year's festival and looking forward to seeing what you do next yeah thank you thanks for talking to me yeah my pleasure Uh, 